Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to episode 57 of the Rex Chapman Show with my super dope homeboy from Lextown, Josh Hopkins. Hey, Josh. What's up, yeah. Rex? What's happening, How baby? How's uh, how's Brooklyn? Brooklyn's good. How's uh, Are you home home or are you in Austin home? I'm in Austin home. Yes. Okay, not Austin Kentucky home. home. Not Kentucky home, but I'm still I'm still repping. Yeah. I'm still repping. Always repping. Always repping. Either way. Yes. Um, our Kentucky Wildcat football team is three and zero. If I'm not mistaken, Carolina's football team is three and zero. North Carolina, and like Kansas, like all the blue blood basketball programs are undefeated right now in football for the first time ever. Like four or five. Uh, you know, it's what about that? I. I don't know about all those others. They're 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 probably frauds, but sounds like we're for real. We, we are, are for real. real. I'll be disappointed I mean, if we don't, don't win at all. <laughs> okay. Um, but <laughs> easy, but whoa, easy fella. Um you uh I've I've never in my life seen the program this good ever in my entire life. Now yeah, I mean, there was like when I was like six was last time, you know, but I don't even remember it. And I've never, we've had good years, but like we are a legit SEC program, like program top 10 team right now. Aren't we like nine or something like that? Eight, what? eight. Yeah. And what? we have a quarterback who's projected at this point, top 10 in the draft. I mean, and, and, He's got weapons. Like we have and, athletes. And he eats bananas, peel and all, and puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Did you so, know that? I did. Mayonnaise <laughs> I did in that. his coffee. Man, whatever he does, keep doing it. He's yeah. a stud too. You he I mean, he's he's about what, 6'3, 230. Big run, big, big. big. He's tough. He's tough. He plays yeah. with swagger. Mm-hmm, he does. He does. Um, episode 57, Josh, 57. of the big show. 57. Know any 57s in professional sports or sports? You know who I love that was a 57? Oh. It escapes me because I don't know a 57 <laughs> at all. Who's 57? It might be the worst sports number. I can't think of a single person. Like everyone I thought of earlier, I'm like, is that a 57 or was that 58 or nine or six? It's a tough, it's tough. It is. You're big. Well, uh, of course, Heinz. Uh, Heinz. Heinz. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Was yeah. he a tight end Heinz? Uh, he was. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Heinz 57. Uh, yeah. I remember a, a rap lyric. 
anticipating like a bottle of Heinz, no ketchup, no, anticipating like a bottle of Heinz, ketchup, no ketchup, because you fell behind. There you go. <laughs> There's I our always, 57. I always like that line. Josh, uh, book club. Um, oh, yes. Did you have time uh, this week? Uh, read anything? I did. I did yeah. have time. What? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had a little time on my hands and I, but I didn't read. So no, oh. that's, oh. yeah, I didn't. What about, did you have anything for, for, for our fans out there for book club? I actually did. I actually did. Huh. Uh, read uh, quite a bit last week. Fun, fun, fun. Really? So yeah. So there's a board and yeah. there's, I had three, three other people over. Anyway, you all get like a, a little man and you roll die, you roll the dice and you, you collect uh, like you don't go to jail. You collect two hundred dollars here. You you uh, um, Is this like it, a book. It doesn't sound like a, it sounds yeah, it was, like uh, it was about, great. It was. Huh? You all read together. First yeah, of all? yeah. And we roll you roll dice and then it's your turn and then somebody else's turn. Correct. 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 That's that's a. That's a that's not reading. That's a board game. You're playing a board game Monopoly. Yeah, yeah I didn't read anything. Didn't read. Anything. Oh, okay. Well, that's been book club. Uh, but we have a good guest today. I am really excited about. I, I am too. I, I met this guy um, a couple years ago. I was at. Uh, it was for uh, Stevie Nash's and Jason Kidd's Hall of Fame. And this guy was there uh, supporting someone else who was getting into the Hall of Fame. Today, Josh, let's welcome Naismith, Coach of the Year for the Providence Friars, 313 wins all time, second all time with 220 wins for the Friars, six NCAA tournament appearances. We welcome Coach Ed Cooley. Welcome, Coach. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you a lot for having us on. I do want to make a quick correction, though. Given that okay. the pandemic year cut my team short, cut the world short, it would have been seven NCAA <laughs> tournaments. I just want to put that on. I, I like you. it. I want to put that, you know, we were as yep. good as anybody in the country coming down the stretch. I want folks to know that team did not get the love that they deserved because we started out like a, like a house on fire. We were terrible early and those young men picked it up. And I'm I'm so proud of that group that no one ever talks about anymore. So I just wanted I'm, to make sure I got that out there. I'm with you. I love and, it. Yeah. And before we we get started, I, I we I said it earlier. Congratulations on last year. I mean, I was I was pulling so hard for you guys and you had such a great year. So defensively tough grown men is grown you know, that's the that's the fun part for me. You know, it was it was kind of throwback college. Um and, but on the pandemic year, we were pretty good too, Josh. We were getting yes, pretty we good were, at Kentucky. We were rolling we, at Kentucky. We were rolling at Kentucky. Hey, that coach, year. we're homers. We're homers, coach. We're both <laughs> hey. from like for Kentucky, and, and we're homers. I but get we it. were I'm good. Home. I'm home too. I'm from Providence. I'm from the yes, Florida. you are. Born That's one. Home, baby. Yeah, <laughs> baby. That's one of the things I want to jump right in. Like, what's that feel to end up as the Providence coach? I mean, that's like, I don't know, Rex going back to uh, Apollo High School and being the principal. Like, what's that like being your hometown? Like, you know, Rex, you went through a homegrown. I, I dreamed of one day playing at Providence College. I wasn't good enough. Quite frankly, I wasn't good enough. My high school team 
we were really, really good. We won back-to-back championships. We, you know, and uh, the floor of which I now coach on, we won championships on that. We won 55 to 60 straight games. I just wasn't good enough, but I dreamed. I had this, I had a ball and a dream, man. Like, I want to play for Providence College. I remember seeing, you know, Billy Donovan out there. And I remember Otis Thorpe and Billy Fields. And, I, you know, the coaches that have come through here. Rick. And, you know, Coach Patino, you know, ironically, my first ever Big East win as the head coach of Providence came against Louisville against Rick Patino. Wow. Um, and, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's wow. a storybook in the arena that I used to sneak into, you know, being, Man. being from South Providence and living it. And now to walk in that back door every day with the smell that is still familiar with, you know, opportunity <laughs> and, and, you know, hiding behind the box that is not there anymore. It was an old school you know, two by four with plywood where they used to film the games. And I would hide behind that and just sneak out and watch the Friars play. And I can hear, and it's still in my bone and in my blood, let's go Friars. And the fact oh, that's that, great, the fact that I could have the opportunity to coach in the city um, at the school and now going on my 12th season, you can't put it into words. You just have to live it and appreciate it. Wow. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, Coach, I <clears throat> used to sneak into Memorial Coliseum at Kentucky when I was a boy, and I'd watch them practice and do do pickup games there and stuff. And I'd sneak it. I did it. It just brings it back to me: the smell, everything, the love of the game. I used to sneak in there and see Rex, you know, <laughs> play these games. And if I went back there now, went through the back door, they would kick me straight out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny growing up, you know, and, and we grew up in a, a very tough neighborhood and, you know, Rex, everybody be like, that dude, like got some bounce, you know, like, 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 like Rex got instant cred from the brothers and he got instant, he got instant street cred from the brothers. They're like, Oh, yo, he got some bounce. That, that white dude got some bounce bounce. Like, <laughs> oh, yes, he did. Seriously, oh, that was like back in the day. I'm like, Rex uh, can hang out in the hood with us all day. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Coach, but it, for real, it, it wasn't overcoming the, the adversity that became part of, you know, your life growing up. The sixth of uh, eight, nine yeah. kids total. Yep. Uh, food problems, drug problems all yep. throughout. You were focused on basketball. How's that molded you and your mindset uh, throughout the years? Like we talked about and everybody that listens to this, we all have our tough battles. We have inner demons, outer demons, thoughts that sometimes don't align with success. There are things that we're not proud of yet. You know, shame and, you know, shame and guilt is a secondary emotion. You got to move forward. And what I saw growing up was something that I didn't want to be. What I saw in the street, what I saw and listened to, it just was um, I wanted to be different. I, I'm, I'm empowered by sport because sport is an equalizer on whether it's gender, whether it's color, whether it's religion. Everybody's on the same boat, rowing the same way, trying to accomplish a mission. And to me, winning. I love winning. Like losing to me is like the worst thing since sliced bread, yet you learn from it. Um, you, you can grow from it. And, and how do we get better from it? So. There's a lot of things that uh, I went through, uh, but it's helped shape the man that I am today, the father that I am today, the husband that I am today, 
and the person I am today. And it all starts with gratitude and appreciation. The ethos of my being is to be appreciative, to say thank you, and always give back and not think you're better than or, you know, stand out from anybody. Be part of something and grow together versus being separate and doing your own thing. Steph Curry's record-breaking three-pointer, Jason Tatum's buzzer-beating alley-oop, John Morant's poster dunk. NBA Top Shot is where the greatest moments from NBA history are turned into officially licensed digital collectibles. NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards by making it easier to buy, sell, and collect by removing the hassle of grading, shoeboxes, and shipping fees. You can buy or sell moments in a few clicks and access them at any time on your phone or computer. Your collection is always at your fingertips. Start collecting Top Shot moments in any way you want. Collect rookie moments from future stars like Evan Mobley and Kay Cunningham. Collect throwback moments from former NBA stars like Shaq and Allen Iverson. Or collect moments from your favorite team to gain access to exclusive perks. Grab your starter pack today and Top Shot will give you $20 back to start your collection and pick up some of your favorite moments in the marketplace. Go to about.com nbatopshot.com slash bballnews and get in the game today. Did you set out when you start picked up a basketball? Were your dreams to be a college player? Were they to be a pro player? No, or, no, I, wanted or, to, I thought I was Dr. Day. Okay. <laughs> or I mean, when, did, when did you realize, okay, well, uh, maybe not the playing, but coaching. Now that's what you know, when did you figure out that, you know, leading people and trying to do something bigger than yourself, that was going to be your thing? Honestly, I think I've been blessed with an it factor with leadership. Um, I, I give, I, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm religious. I do believe in a higher power. And I was a follower, but a follower of the right leaders. And um, I always thought I can lead. I've always been the captain of every team I've always been on. I was the president of the student council. Um, you know, I've always wanted to lead because I've seen so many bad leaders. Like, I don't want to do that. Like <laughs> this one here, they're terrible. Or, um, I, you know, everybody I, knows it. Everybody knows a bad leader when they say them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like seriously. Um you know, uh, I was inspired by teachers. Teachers changed my life. And I would see what the good teachers did and how they motivated and how they inspired. Um, I was a high school teacher for two years. I liked teaching, but I loved coaching and having the opportunity to get into coaching at the division one level where I started off as a division three volunteer, then a division two, you know, wow. coach and still teach. And then the restricted earnings position at the University of Rhode Island. You know, it, it's a process of development. Um and you got to be with the right people at the right time and get a little bit lucky. Uh, coaching is just something that I always wanted to do. I knew I wasn't, a, you know, an NBA player right when, you know, Coach Patino gave me a 30 second, you know, uh, unofficial visit. Coach Skinner gave me a two minute unofficial visit at Rhode Island. <laughs> you know, I, I'm like, OK, I guess I suck. <laughs> I guess I suck. <laughs> at least you got the visit, Coach. You know, at least you got the visit. <laughs> you know what? Stonehill changed my life as well. Stonehill College wasn't a very diverse population. Mm. Um, and I say this all the time. I never met so many white people at one yeah. time at a place where. What I was that like? I mean, it's oh. culture shock. But, 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 but what was that like for you initially? OK, so I'll put it this way. And, and I say this a lot. 
Imagine being the only raisin in a bowl full of milk. Yeah. And imagine you, imagine you being the only white bean in a box of raisins. Yeah. How comfortable are you going to feel in that? So what I learned from that is really, and I talked about this the other day, is it's okay being different. It's okay to have open, honest discussions about being different. But I was afraid, and you know, and I, you know, like I talked about, you know, I would listen to, you know, my LL Cool J, you know, I, I would listen to, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Run DMC. Yet when I went to Stonehill, I remember being at a Jimmy Buffett concert, a huge <laughs> concert, a yeah. pro jam. I'm listening to, you know, Brown Eyed Girl. I'm singing Frank mm -hmm. Sinatra, and I'm appreciative of that because I couldn't have grown through what I've grown through if I didn't have that experience of being different. And as I sit in the seat today and I walk in some of these meetings, I'm still one of very few minorities that are in that room. So the more we can have open, honest discussions about race, about gender and about equality and, and, and diversity, it's okay. And a lot of people get uncomfortable. You start talking about race. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Not, not me. I'm going to embrace that conversation because I like making people feel uncomfortable because it makes them comfortable when the conversation's over. Well, you're, with, well, you're with the right guy with Rex. Yeah. If you well, see on this both, Twitter, you know, well, he, both, both of us, but yeah, it, but it, you've it, got it, a wider, you've got a wide, you've got a million followers and then you don't shy away from it at all. And, and, and you've been where he's been, you've been the, the milk with the, you know, you, you've been yeah. on teams where you're the only white guy and and, and you, the diversity you've learned. And I feel sorry for people that are never in a situation like that, you I know, that lucky. don't learn yeah, about other lucky. cultures. Yeah, I, I was lucky to to, you know, get that experience playing uh, AAU ball with my buddies from eight, nine years old. Mm -hmm. uh, now I went to a predominantly white high school and I played against all those guys, all my other teammates on the AAU team played against those guys all the time. So I grew up not, you know, I, I kind of, I didn't really feel culture shock at all. If I was the only white guy or one of few white guys, what I think that what coach said, I think I find fascinating. What he said is what a lot of our, the, the young men that go to Kentucky, Josh, that they feel is because yeah. they're coming from New York, from LA, from Chicago to Lexington, Kentucky to spend the next few years. And that's the first time they've been in that situation. Yeah. So I think that's wildly important for you to add coach. Thank you. Oh no, it's, it, it's important for them to embrace it. Cause I appreciate where Stonehill is now. I appreciate that they are more diversified, that they are more uh, inclusive right. to, you know, young men and women who are being different and, Let's talk about it, man. Let's not shy away from it. It's it's society. It's the world. It's what we deal with. And I'll go back to what we talked about earlier when we first got on this, Rex. Like, we always say Rex can get a hood pass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, that's like, that's real conversation in the street. That, you right. know, average person, be like, well, what does that mean? And it's right. so comfortable to say. No, it's not. Not if you live <laughs> in the world that we live in. Yeah. It's, it's very common. It's very common. And yeah. when those young men and women go to Kentucky that come from a predominantly uh, a community that just is them, they will grow more and more in ways that they don't know until they're in it. Absolutely. Exactly. You know, coach, you talked about just quickly, you talked about you, you uh, taught, you know, for a couple of years, as many coaches have to do in high school and things. Mm -hmm. And you taught history, correct? Yes. 
Yes, I appreciate you knowing that. Is there a something you learned at that point that you were teaching that that you've taken with you, or is there a historic figure that you've thought about, or what did you learn from teaching history? A that the kids are smarter than I were. <laughs> <laughs> That's a valuable lesson. <laughs> Honestly, so I, I inherited a couple of classes that were AP and honors courses. Um, I was fortunate to get the job. I'd student taught there. And then the person who was in charge of those classes passed away and I took their classes and I knew right away. I think I was in over my head with respect <laughs> to just content and knowledge right. content. Oh, wow. So I was like a paragraph ahead of them. So what I did was I put them all in a team. I had six groups of five <laughs> or six, and I had a reader, a writer, a general manager, a question asker, and they, we collectively taught one another. And <laughs> that was something like, I'm like, I can't get up in front of a board and tell these kids something that I'm uncomfortable with. So let's learn together. So what I wow. got from that is I was coaching. I was coaching, yet I was coaching in a different light. It wasn't about execution of thumb down or, you know, chest swipe. Uh, that's what I learned. I learned how to lead differently. That's genius. That's it genius. Is. Do what you know. God, that's Absolutely. genius. You know, Coach, I say all the time, you know, and, and I was on a lot of teams. I've been around a lot of teams. Uh, my dad's a coach or was a coach. And, um, you know, the thing that there's there are different ways to do everything. And yeah. and I just remember watching my dad. My dad would tell me, you know, watch Homer, Homer Drew, Homer Drew Valparaiso. Great coach. Dean Smith. Great coach. And so by the time, you know, I got a little older, I could watch a game by myself and tell if a coach knew what he was doing by how his team was communicating. It was just it, coaching and leading is something that it, it's not, I, I don't think that I can do it. Has there been anybody in your past that, you know, coaching wise that really set an example for you? Coach Skinner, for sure. Al Skinner, who, uh, you know, uh, played in the ABA great player at UMass, you know, came up through the coaching ranks, um, you know, University of Rhode Island, Boston College. And, and what I respect about Coach Skinner was his patience and his ability to let players be themselves while educating and mentoring them in the game of life. But Al never would take away from your game, so to speak, on who you want to be, you know, so he let you kind of do your thing. And he had patience with growth. He had patience with development. And I would say he's been the biggest uh, influence in my coaching with respect to having patience. Now, we are polar opposites, mm. polar opposites. Yet what mm -hmm. I learned from him to take to add to some of the things that I think about what my philosophy is, um, was is, is I think it's a good combination. Al was really good in-game adjustment person. Um Coach allowed his assistant coaches to have a voice, uh, allowed us to grow, allowed us to evaluate. You know, I think when you talk about recruiting, everybody says, oh, these guys are great recruiters. Why aren't they winning? You want to hire great evaluators. Recruiting is easy. Wow. But if you have evaluation and you have projection and, you know, there's a lot of people that can play at Providence College. 
I could have played at Providence College. I don't know if I fit Rick Patino. Right. right? So right. I always tell our coaches, you know, when we're evaluating who can play for me, not who can come to Providence. So know in your evaluation, not in your recruiting. Recruiting so is smart. a sales opportunity. Recruiting is a chance to brand and all that. But all that's not winning games. Evaluation on style, toughness, grittiness, appreciation, gratitude, you know, strength, length, speed, vertical. You know, I mean, you start going through an evaluation sheet. That's where you can keep your job. At the end of the day, we're going to have a bad year. If you're in it long enough, you're going to suck at some point. You know what I'm saying? Kentucky goes through it. Duke goes through it. North Carolina goes through it. Kansas goes through it. It's just, I mean, those are the best of the best with our brand names. And they don't win the national championship every year. So when you educate your fan base on that and you educate young, young men on failure, but yet growth, if you're in it long enough, you'll have your time. Well, how do you go, how do you go, uh, you're obviously a, a huge proponent, you know, chemistry and camaraderie is, is maybe the most important thing, uh, for a successful basketball team. The recruiting part of it is, you know, it's changing all the time now, but it's one thing if you have a, a, your best player on your team is a leader. That's, that's ideal. A lot of times though, that helps a lot of times though, that isn't the case that best player people don't understand that's okay, but he's got to be willing to follow somebody. If he's not willing to follow, then you have problems. How do you pick, how do you choose these guys when you go watch them play at summer, summer camps or high school games? How do you, what are you looking for aside from they can jump out of the gym or shoot it from 30 feet? That's, that's a fair question and a hard question because you know, you got to go in. Are you good enough? Number one. Right. Are you good enough? Your length, your strength, your side, depending on the position. Honestly, I look for stuff that's a life value. You know, how are you when you come out the game? Are you tapping everybody when you come out the game? You know, are you the last one to eat at training table? If you're the last one to eat, then all all your troops ate before you. Are you a giver? Are you a server? Do you say please? Do you say thank you? What's your body language like? How do you interact with officials? You know, how do you interact with officials? If a coach is, you know, all up in your kitchen, like, uh, what's your body language like? What's that saying? What's your eyes like? You know, are you saying hello to some of the people that are cheering for you? You know, those little things to me are transferable in the game and then transfer back to life. And if you have that, I think you're centered. You have a purpose. Those are the things that, you know, it don't always happen. Like, I don't want to come off like, you know, I got all the answers. I'm I'm telling you, asking me what you know, ideal what I would look for. And if they're not there, is there something in you where we can help you get to that point? Because you also want to give people an opportunity to grow who are just as messed up as I am and was, but in order to get to that point, be there to help them see that. Those are the things that I try to look for beyond the talent. I think what that's you- valuable. Sorry, Josh, oh, real quick. No. That, that, real quick. I, I think that's valuable for young, young people. I re- you remember being recruited. I remember being recruited. And, you know, the first time at age 15 or 16, somebody came and watched me play. You know, I may have shot three for 13 and had 15 points, whatever. Bad performance, I thought. Well, you know, by the time you've gone and watched guys play, you know, you kind of know if they can play or not. 
right. found my later on in life after I played and would go watch guys, I would just watch the things that you're talking about. I already know he can play a little bit, but I'm watching. How is he over here on the bench? How was he when he got taken out of the game? Is he rooting for the guys on the court? It's just so valuable for, for, for people to know that coaches are coming to watch you. Yes, because they think you're a good basketball player. But you got to be a good person and you got to be a great teammate in order to play high level college basketball. You know, it, uh, thank you for sharing that, because it, it is something. And again, I, 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 I learned this from my wife. She said, Eddie, when you see people, see them. Part of being seen is evaluation of the little things. I see you. And I, I'm like, I'm like, Maurice, thanks a lot for sharing that with me, because a lot of the times we coaches or we leaders and, you know, everybody looks at you in these positions. Sometimes you're not as present as you need to be, because the minute you get there, you're thinking about the next thing you're trying to get out of there. You got another appointment. This one's trying, you know, being more patient and seeing people as I'm getting older, I feel is something that I'm going to continue to improve on just on just slowing down. Same, same. Well you know, coach, that's interesting to me because what happens, like, I was just blessed with great parents. And my father told me, yes, sir, no, sir. If I was 10 years old and some man said, well, do you like that? And if I said, yeah, I was in trouble. Right. I'd say, yes, sir. A lot of these kids aren't taught. They don't know. They're not growing up in an environment where they get instruction like that. We've all played in the AAU league, the summer league, where the best player gets taken out and he takes his jersey off and leaves. You know, they need to be taught. What, how do you, when you recruit a player who's really good, that you know is a, he's good, innate person, but they need to be taught to say and do these things. How do you go about that? Because that's difficult. In today's day, man, it is, it, it's difficult when you talk about saying yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. That can be looked at totally. Oh, that's wow. right. Wow. I, yeah. I, I, you, he, so she, it, we, you, they is our culture right now. Oh, my so God. You're most, you're, what do you say? Yeah. <laughs> I was the same Hello. way. I was like, yes, ma'am. No, no sir. Yes. Not, you got, you got beat wow. across the back of your dome. So I think you just meet people where they're at. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, because you can't identify somebody on what you're seeing yeah. versus what today is. You know, it's just I don't do that anymore. I, tr I put it this way. I try not to. Try not to. Um, yeah. Because I always want to be respectful. And if you have a young person who is not what you want them to be up front, have you done enough intel in your evaluation to know uh, that, OK, we we can help this person. Okay. Right. Many of us didn't have two parents. Many of us were single parents. Many of us, you know, the streets raised us. Yeah. I like somebody with a PhD in common sense than a PhD in, you know, biology. And yeah. if you put this chemical together, <laughs> but can't walk in a room right. and identify the room, can't walk into a right. situation. So give me, give me a PhD in, in the street, man. Give me yeah. a PhD on feel. Give me a PhD on some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I like wiggle in your game. Yeah. A little finesse. Show you know, me yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, again, a PhD in education is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I had them, you know, um, yet 
that doesn't mean you're very, very smart in life. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot, lot of, of different of, intelligence. I've met a lot of brilliant, brilliant, dumb people. One of the <laughs> yeah, one of one yeah, of sir. speaking <laughs> speaking of which, I don't know, Coach, if you remember a guy named Brett Barra. Brett passed away yeah. a few years ago. Okay, yes. Brett and I, are good friends. This is it. I'm going to try to make this quick. Brett was a McDonald's All-American. He played at Kentucky. He played behind Sam Bowie and Melvin Turpin. And Brett and Joe B. Hall had a notoriously terrible relationship. Uh, Brett was a smart ass. He's also a genius. Um, and he was constantly getting under Joe B's uh, skin. Well, Brett wasn't playing much and was complaining to his dad about it, his own dad. His dad came in to talk to Joe B one day and see what was going on. Why isn't Brett playing more? And Joe B pulled up a video. He said, watch this. And so Brett got a rebound. He outlet it kind of a semi-fast break, outlet it to the point guard. Well, the pass got run through on the other end. Mm -hmm. And as the guy's coming back down, Brett is bending over at the free throw line, tying his shoe. <laughs> and <laughs> the kid went right by him and laid it in the basket. Brett never saw it. And, and Brett's, dad, Brett's dad got up in front of Joe B and went, okay, thanks. <laughs> that's an awesome story that's great that's an awesome that's story great yeah yeah and so coach by are, the way he's genius he's a genius person happy birthday coach it's virgo season y'all it's virgo right. season september 10th right september 10th 1969 yeah. i got another year under my belt i can't believe i got to this but i'm here today yes sir uh, yes you're a year and two days older than i and you look six years younger than me so i don't like that <laughs> my body don't feel it i'll tell you that my body don't feel it at all hey coach um as a trailblazer in providence history providence college history and as the first uh first black men's basketball basketball coach how do you use your platform uh to continue to advocate for minorities to hold hold positions well you know what i try to do as much as i can like this like we're doing here i make sure i talk about race a lot with respect to opportunity uh it does make people get uncomfortable yet as a as a young man as a young man Growing up, loving the game, the game that has changed our lives, the game that has brought me around the world, that has given me a profile. We got to get back to this game, this bouncing ball that has made us who we are. That's our identity. We don't always want it to be, but let's face it, it is. When I talk to uh, programs and people, give everyone an opportunity, not because of what they look like, but who they are. And when I look at the Big East, seven of the 11 coaches are minority. When I wow. look at the Pac-12 that has, I think, zero. Um, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's wow. tough. It's, it's, That's it's, weird. I, I, and I could be, uh, I, think, I think, I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, got to fact check me. I use that platform to let everyone know, just give an opportunity. I was the first African-American coach, first black coach at Fairfield. Coach Skinner was the first black coach ever at Boston College. And I think if you have that, you got to continue to share it. And again, some of it, you got to fit there too. You know, you, 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 you some of you, you got to fit at some of these places, but given, given the opportunity that Providence college, and I say, Bob Driscoll, who was the athletic director. Now, Steve Napolillo, who's doing a great job with the president, Ken Sicard. Yo, man, just give me opportunity. 
That's all I'm looking for. But you got to be in position to have that opportunity. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to just give something where it's not earned or deserved. Have you worked for it? You know, ha- have you gone through the process and development? It's not just getting the job. It's maintaining the job. Because if 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 they're not ready, you're doing them a disservice then. Well, you're going to fail. you're setting up for failure. Yeah. But in saying that, though, are there institutional things in place to help you succeed? Right, right. To help you succeed. You know what I mean? Like, you have to have things in place. You can be the greatest coach, smartest person. But if I believe administrations win championships, I'm a big believer in that. Coaches win games. Administrations win championships and then beyond and beyond. That's great. That's great. And that's like if you're supported at an elite level, that's um, that's big time. John Thompson Mm. was uh, it was Nolan Richardson, John Thompson, John Chaney and George Raveling. When I was Mm -hmm. in high school, I graduated in 88 in 1984, 83, 82. I may be missing maybe big house gains. But those were the only people that we as black men, let alone a black woman, who did they aspire to? Honestly, nothing against Joe B. Hall and Dean Smith and Coach Knight. They don't live in a world I live in. They don't know what, you know, they don't know what it is where and they may in their life. But I'm just talking about as a young black man. I don't want to be like them. Why why would I? Why would I want to be like Dean Smith, who right. is one of the greatest minds in the history of our game. But Dean, Dean ain't yeah. walking at 14 Elmer Street and, you know, <laughs> you know, having cream and wheat with no sugar or, you know, cornflakes yeah. with no milk. Come on, man. So that's the real conversations that I have in using our platform, given where we are as guardians of the game today. Right. That game, that this this game has brought me around the world has put me in arenas I never thought in a million years I can walk in. And for us not to give back to this game, and Rex, I appreciate it because it's it's a topic that I love talking about, the bouncing ball of opportunity for everyone, regardless of race, regardless of religion, regardless of gender. This basketball has has transformed the world. It is a melting pot of opportunity. Come on, man, let's get on board and roll with it. I'm with you. And I just to add a little quick, you know, I at 17, I went and visited Louisville and mm-hmm. the two guys that took me on, well, three guys that took me on my, my visit, Milt Wagner, wow. Purvis Ellison, and a young freshman who hadn't played there yet from Laurel, Mississippi, country as can be named Kenny Payne. How about that? And, and Kenny and I have been friends for the last 30 some years. And when Louisville gave him the job, I called Kenny, of course, you know, and when he answered, the moment he answered, I started crying, Mm -hmm. Uh, just thinking about where he came from. I mean, Kenny might have had two pair of pants. Right. Um, Right. You know, he he, we called him the troll, his big ears and just uh, uh, but the best guy ever. And for him to. to be here 30 years later, the head coach of that place. It just, it, 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 I'm just so happy for him, but I'm so thrilled for that program because they, they made the right, they made the right hire there. Absolutely. Uh, Coach, let's switch gears for a second. We talked a little bit before we came on about the NIL. I want to get into that, that with you a little bit. How is the NIL affecting, uh, 
college basketball? How is it affecting players and programs? And how is it different, say, the NIL? How does it exist differently at Providence than it does or would at, say, Kentucky? It's a complex question with respect to it went from zero to a million overnight. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, really? and there are so many coaches, administrators, and schools that are learning, preparing. Many people are complaining about it. I don't think you can complain. I think it'll be good when it's, we're still reshaping it, forming it, learning about it. It's probably caused some dissensions in locker rooms. It's probably brought about uh, people not coming to a school because of, of, of resources and money. And for us at Providence College, if that's the topic, and we spoke about that, if the NIL is your most important thing, then you're probably not our guy. And we talked about this chase purpose, chase opportunity, don't chase money. Because again, if it's 50,000, 100,000, you're going to run out of that. Uncle Sam's getting a third of that, maybe a little bit more than actually probably getting a fourth, you know, 40% of it with those numbers. So I think you have to educate them on, okay, what is your actual purpose? I get that. Where in the past, like when you played and when we were Division Two, you couldn't get an extra meal, you couldn't get a haircut, you couldn't buy lotion, you couldn't buy toothpaste, you couldn't get like so those things the NCA was way, way behind on. And I think that's caught up to us now. Where it's at today is you gotta have the conversation of what's what what's real? What what is the kid's actual image? What is their actual name worth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is their name worth? And I talked to the guys about how many NBA, NFL hockey major league players are actually on television but literally you can probably name seven to ten current athletes maybe mm-hmm. i'm talking across the whole spectrum yeah and you can probably name another seven to ten who are more marketed retired players right retired right. players wow. right. yeah God. okay so like really how good are you like, you know, and again, with social media, okay, if you got a great platform and people want to use that because they're going to use your image to promote their brand, that's something that's different. Now you're really making money off your variety, yeah, right. not so right. much off your talent. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you're that good, then you're probably not in college long anyway. Right. I'm saying? So I think have open, honest discussions about it. Don't complain about it. We're not going backwards. Mm-hmm. Like that bad body language, that negative conversation is an energy drain. Move forward. Hey, how can we make this good for us? And then as a guardian of the game, how do we make it better for college basketball? And then you got to move on from that. I I don't have an answer. I got a lot of energy toward it. And I'm learning, growing, and try to be the best that we can be at Providence. This podcast is brought to you by Branded Bills, the best place online for premium headwear and apparel. Branded Bills has hundreds of designs available, including our popular state collection, where you can show your pride with hats, shirts, hoodies, and more for all 50 states. Are you a company looking to brand your business? Branded Bills also offers custom apparel options that can meet your brand standards with fast turnaround and shipping. To shop or learn more, visit brandedbills.com today. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. 
or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. How would you deal with, say, um, you know, a kid that comes in and he's, he's a good kid, he's a good player, a uh, mm-hmm. freshman, uh, he's got a little NIL deal, maybe one of the bigger ones in your locker room. Um, and, you know, come opening night, <laughs> just he's not good enough physically, mentally, whatever, to be in the rotation. How does how do you keep a kid like that engaged in and trying to get better? Look, I want I would have loved for Aaron Kraft, great college player, never going to play in the NBA. I would have loved for him to knock out, you know, a million dollars at Ohio State or two million to because he was that good for college basketball. I mean, he was just that much fun to watch. Not everybody's Aaron Kraft. Right, right. The question was, how would I deal with that? Ooh, um, first of all, I would have an open conversation with the locker room. Mm. You know, mm. was that an ideal wow. initiated from our collective? Was it initiated because of what his ranking was and people mm. wanted to get to know him? And he dominated, you know, some some horseshit program. <laughs> and, you know, you know, you, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I mean, I can get numbers, and I, I was a, I was the player of the year two years in a row in, 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 the, in the state. I couldn't play at Providence College, you know, but I dominated yeah. high school basketball right. here. For, for who I am, I'm going to have an open, honest discussion with those men in the locker room so they trust me. This is what the deal is. This kid's coming in. He's got this, this, and this. It may not be you, but it could be you. What are you yeah. doing to build that? Okay? And it, not everything's fair. Not everybody in this locker room is equal. Not everybody in this locker room is going to be the leading scorer, the leading rebound, the leading minute person. We're going to be a good team because we sacrifice, because we have a common mission to win. And when we win, you win. The we becomes me on winning. The me doesn't become the we if we don't win. Period. Period. End of discussion. So I'm learning what that is. It's, it's, It's new to us. We're learning. I hope we have an opportunity to have a kid that walks in with an NIL deal before the ball goes in the basket. Can he sustain it? Then you have to start dealing with their mental wellness because now they got to deal with pressure. They got to deal with performance. They got to know how to be a great teammate. And if you're not a good teammate for me, deuces, you out. (laughs) (laughs) I I hear you. I hear you. Same. (laughs) I'm with you. Uh, Coach, you recently signed an extension. Congratulations to stay um, with the Friars. How important is it for you to stay home for the foreseeable future? And do you think about staying staying at Providence until you until you retire? It is my goal to retire from Providence College as the best coach in the history of Providence College history. It is my goal. Will I ever get that? Don't know. There's some great coaches here, Hall of Fame coaches. You know what I'm saying? Just for my own personal being, I'm grateful and appreciative to Providence College for hiring me. Um, I'm grateful for the things that they've done to change my life. Uh, I don't foresee me fitting somewhere else. You never could say never because the dynamics could change here. But I want to be an inspiration for young men and women in our community that I was born and raised in. I am a New England person through and through. Every job I have has been within 
a two hour radius of the hospital I was born in. And I've had, I've had six college jobs, six college jobs, literally three of which are a drive a nine iron from my home. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you so, could really hit it. You hit it. You I'm just saying, I'm saying I want to be hope for other people. Yeah. And that acronym for me is help other people excel. When you look at the mm. mirror, I don't ever see yourself. Look at the mirror and ask, who can you help? Who can you give hope mm. to? If they see you given your background, knowing that it was as tough as anything going, they too, regardless of their circumstance and have and have some understanding what it is, that they too can become whatever they want. That's my hope here at Providence College. I hope it happens. If it don't, I've already won a national championship. I've won the national championship of life. So wow. the bouncing ball is one thing. Life is real. Wow, Coach, you, 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 you really, uh, I mean, you're on your way there, Coach of the Year. You can't, you know, you're, you know, you're pointed the right way. And you obviously uh, can teach and inspire, but you don't become Coach of the Year without knowing the game X's and O's. And the game now is changing so quickly. It's, it's amazing. What, how do you stay ahead of it? And what, Parts of it, uh, of X's and O's, are uh, unchangeable for you. And but how do you stay ahead of? Because you've got to be ahead to be great. Mm-hmm. How do you stay ahead of the curve of the change of the game? I'm appreciative of the coaching awards or whatever, but to me, that's a that's a staff award. I, staying ahead of the game is having a really good staff with you. I feel our staff is undervalued, whether it's because of. My individual profile, um, I like to laugh and have fun, um, you know, outgoing. And I think that swallows up the staff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Jeff Battle, Brian Blaney, Ivan Thomas, Kevin Kerbeck, um, you know, Bob Walsh, LaDante Hinton, who now is on our staff, who I recruited as the first ever player. Wow. I, I, I coached here. I mean, he was my first ever recruit from Lansing, Michigan. It's on the staff. That's great. I don't think our staff is recognized enough because that's why we have an opportunity to be good year in and year out. Our continuity amongst the staff, our openness, um, their knowledge is is unbelievable. You know, I'm constantly asking them, hey, what do we got to do? What do you see here? What do you see there? Do we got to change our ball screen coverage? Hey, our ball's not moving enough. The ball's sticking. So we sit in these meetings, and I think it's more about the staff. Like, I think it's more about the changing of our game. There's not too many traditional block-to-block post scores anymore. A five-man's got to be versatile. He's got to, yeah. you know, it's almost like the Joker. You know, everybody's yeah. saying, Joker's body's this, Doncic's body's that, to the tune of 45 and 18. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get that foot out your ass. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it is, it is, the game has changed to more of a free-flowing yeah. ball movement. And again, as you know, Rex, you were in the NBA. 95% of the players in the NBA are role players. You know what I mean? You're going to have your two or three guys. Those guys are getting the majority of the shots, the majority of the money, and the majority of the attention. But if I can be the 13th man in the NBA and I'm a, uh, a mid-level pay guy, sign me up. I'll take my $100 million and go home. Amen. Damn right. Like, You're damn so, right. 
I think you have to, you know, continue to work at your craft. My thing is, my coaching style is I'm going to coach your strength as an individual player and put it into the team concept, not the team concept into mm. the player, because there's greatness amongst what you do as an individual. If you can't go left, then I'm not going to send you left. <laughs> right. If you like the right side of the floor, the left side of the floor, you have a particular go to. Let's incorporate that as we're building as funny. I'm looking at my this is my play card from last year. OK, Amazing. so this is all individual strengths of each individual on the team that ties into how we're going to play. And it could change when we may have some tendencies. The one non-negotiable that I have as a coach is someone if I don't feel your gratitude, it ain't going to work. It. it ain't going to work. I love it. It's not uh, working. Go play for somebody else. And I promise you, we're going to beat you. <laughs> That's great. I love it. That's great. Uh, Coach, um, a bit of a changing of the guard right now with Coach K and Jay Wright retiring this past year. How different does it feel uh, coming into this year, especially now that you are the longest tenured coach uh, in the conference? I give all that credit to Providence College, man. They kept me around. Um, it does feel weird, and I have a great relationship with both those guys. Great relationship. Um, I feel honored. Uh, I feel I got to continue to do the right things to, you know, be one of the leaders in the Big East, be one of the leaders in college basketball, be one of the leaders as one of the, you know, uh, minority coaches at this level. Um, I'm going into my 29th year of coaching. Wow. Uh, That's I, hard to believe. I, I promise you, Rex, I don't, I don't want to be a life for coaching. I don't. Uh, you know, I, I think there's more to life than calling a timeout recruiting and, and, and watching the ball bounce. You know, I'm a father. I'm a husband. Um, I love the fine balance. The fact that Jay Wright walked away at the top of his game yes. reminded yes. me a little bit of Barry Sanders. And, and mm. you, see the, you see the fulfillment of Barry Sanders. You know, Jay being 60 years old at the top of his game, good for him knowing when enough is enough to reinvent himself doing something else by also being a an ambassador at his at Villanova and also doing something that maybe he wants to do that. He and Patty can go out and do, you know, without the pressure of winning, the pressure of performing, right. the pressure of being coach, right? Right. Just be, just be Jay. Jay. Yeah. At some yeah. point, I just want to be Ed. When is that? Don't know, but I can tell you what, I won't be a lifer on the sideline. What will you do? What will you do? Do you have a couple things that you kind of go, you know, maybe something like that. I want to do television. Well, all right, then That's I, I check that one off. Check that one off. You got that one. I want to be a speaker for homelessness. I want to be a speaker for uh, I want to be a speaker for uh, young men and women who have grown up tough. I want to give back to the food banks of 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 New England. Um, I want to be an ambassador for Providence College. I want to hang out and travel. I want to try to spend some of this money that they're paying. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I don't leave it all to my kids and grandkids. You know, I mean, I, like I told everybody, uh, who did I learn this from? I just heard this. Who was it? I think it was my, my lawyer, Dennis Coleman. He said, I'm going on a ski trip. I said, it's July. <laughs> spend kids inheritance. Ski trip. <laughs> 
Spend kids. I'm like, bingo. I'm going about 40 of those ski trips. That's great. That's great. That's so good. Do you have what 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 are your what are your joys outside of basketball? What do you like to do? What you know, when you're off season and you're not recruiting, what what are your hobbies? Love playing golf with my son. How um, old is he? My son's 25. Fantastic. My son's 25. My daughter's a senior at Georgetown. She turns 22 in another month, actually a month from uh two days ago. Um I enjoy investments. I love properties. I, I like looking at, uh, I love speaking to groups uh, about hope and opportunity. Um, I like chilling, man. I like swimming. Uh, I, I enjoy being around my friends. Yeah. Um, I just enjoy life, man. Like, don't take yourself too serious. You know, you're not that important. You're really not. not. You're not that important. Think about someone else. But, um, I enjoy traveling a little bit, you know, uh, sometimes you get a little tight cause we do it for a living, but, um, enjoy seeing other countries. Just try to live. What is a normal life? I don't know what a normal life. I don't is, either. I right? don't either. Like what's normal. You're supposed to make it up as you go. I think a little bit. So those are uh, the things, those are the things that I enjoy. Coach, what's your favorite movie? I got a couple of them. Shawshank. Uh, today, yes. 28 years ago today, Shawshank came out. Also, did you know it was a failure? Today, it was a it's failure. Anniversary. I'm it was a failure. On that. I swear, <laughs> I woke up and saw it today. That's what he does. That's what he does. Oh, but you know, it was it was today. a commercial failure in yeah. in the in the theaters. Uh, so Nobody I, went to I, see I like it. Shawshank. Um, Trading Places is up there. Yeah, Caddy, Caddyshack is up there. I was Agent Orange. I was the Agent Orange. Um, <laughs> uh, Animal House is up there. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I'm, I'm into these, uh, like, like Netflix shows and stuff. Same. Like, Same. like, 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 like I, I like, like Murder, Death, Kill. Like in the first, like I need energy out the gate. I can't have right. some slowly walk. I need somebody like. What the hell just happened? <laughs> same, same, um, same. But I would say my favorite that I can come back to all the time is Shawshank. That that may be my favorite. You know, Red. I've been known to get things done. You know. Yeah. How about how about? I I remember the first time I saw Andy Dufresne. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, what what about front row center, coach, for for any entertainer, speaker, uh, dead or alive? Front row center. Front row center. Well, I love Broadway shows. Um, Front row center. I would say. Smokey Robinson. Mm. Oh, I would say. um, Luther Vandross. Oh, yes. Little Teddy P. Turn off the light. <laughs> they lie to you got, you got, you got what I need. Uh, oh, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, those would be mine. Those would, uh, all right. Those, you know, those, those, those would be. I would, you know, one person I want to meet in my life in person. I want to meet two people. I want to meet Oprah Winfrey, mm-hmm. and I want to golf with Barack Obama. You know, I'd like I to want, do both of those with you. 
I, I, I want to do it. So, <laughs> you know, can you please send this to them? You know, sure, sure. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sure those, they watch. Those are two I, people I am totally inspired by. I have a couple mm-hmm. friends who have done that, and I'll drop that uh, little tidbit to them. So I, uh, it, it, yeah. it's like a bucket list of mine. There we go. I've said it from my whole life. Like I'm inspired by their courage. Yes. Same. And I would like, same, same. I would like to steal some of their courage and their wisdom and their knowledge in person. Absolutely. Coach, I can't thank you enough for this. This has been amazing. We're going to let you get to your stuff, get to your players, get to your program. It's going to be a great season for you. I know it. Please come back sometime, maybe during the season. If you're not all you too busy. Do, all, you, all you got to do, i just tell Arthur, I promise you I got your back. I'm grateful and appreciative for this opportunity to spend this moment with you. I've learned a lot. I'm looking forward to us continue to build our relationship. Much love, Coach. Thank Much you. love. Coach, thank you for doing this. I'll be pulling for you all, all season. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Josh, how about that? You were right. You were right. We talked about it last night. You said he's going to make us feel like shit about ourselves because he's going to be so together. And hey. he was. When are we going to change the name of this podcast to two, two fucking dipshits and small yeah. people? Two, <laughs> two guys who never learn to be better, even though they're presented with a chance every week by brilliant people. Two undisciplined uh, guys bringing on disciplined people. <laughs> two guys that feed each other more shit. That sh- two guys that shouldn't be friends because they hold each other down by by being dipshits and enabling each other's bad behavior. <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh, man, he was what, brilliant. What, oh man, that, you, another guy. Like you know, it reminds me way different, different kind of people, but similar in very many ways. Scott Drew, who coached Baylor, um, you know, you talk to him for 10 minutes, you want to go play for him. Yeah. Talk to Ed yeah. Cooley for uh, five, 10 minutes. You want to play for that guy. I just cannot, you know, he comes in your living room with your parents and I mean, everyone's sold. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a man that you want to go learn from with character and inspires people and has come so far. I mean, how do you not want to go play for that? He's recruiting, you know, he, well, this last year, Brent, uh, he had a top 10 type team uh, mm-hmm. a top, that he built recruiting kids to go to Providence College. Yeah. Imagine if he was at a, you know, a, a, a school with a bigger name, because mm-hmm. the only, only reason he's losing players to other programs is because maybe they have a bigger profile sure it, he's going in and, and he's getting really good players to come and play at providence and uh he's really built something anyway that was fun buddy that was a great time thank you thank you thank you thank you let's do it again next week sounds good that was episode 57 of the rex chapman show with my super dope homeboy from the lex town josh hopkins we'll be right back here next week powered by basketballnews.com Come